Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 84. This week we are covering the Rocket Mortgage Classic on the PGA Tour and the Estrella Dam Andalusia Masters on the European Tour. Did you like that, Paul? <laughs> Very impressive. Very good. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me, you may have guessed, we've got European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How's things? We're all right, mate. Sweating up. Yeah, it's a bit muggy, isn't it? We all like, we all like to moan about the weather over here, don't we? For our American listeners, we've actually got a little bit of temperature over here in the United Kingdom, which happens very rarely. Um, golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. We are just about to hit 5,000 members, so get involved with that. Twitter handles, I'm at Bamford Golf, and Paul is at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've already published the show for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and later this morning, UK time, so um, as you will be waking up Tuesday, East Coast, in America, I will be putting out the Andalusia Masters show as well. Right, podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom. And a myriad of different pod channels. I think there's about two pages worth now on Google search of pod channels you can listen to the show at. Mm. Now, please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. And naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. And a couple of you have left reviews from last week. So thank you very much for those reviews. As I always say, leave your name in the review so we can read it out on the podcast. And from an iTunes perspective, the ratings and the reviews are our currency. They are so important to get the podcast more and more visibility. Now, first podcast from last week is from Cheeky Finger. He's in the United States of America, and it reads, title of the uh, review, Not My Secret Anymore, five stars. These gents do a fantastic job of researching anything for golf betting and DK. I've been listening from almost the beginning and using their golf knowledge as an edge in my DK lineups. I must admit, I've, in capitals, never shared this up to now. It's a hidden gem. Good job, lads. And that is from David Pomey in Florida, or David Poom, one or t'other. So thank you for that, David. In the sunshine state of Florida, Paul. Very nice. Very nice, yeah. And thank you, David. That's some very nice words. If I was to if I was to say to you, Paul, I'll give you three chances. What state of America do we have our most downloads in? Go for it. Florida, I expect. No. No. Hmm, don't know then. California. How did you get that? California, it is. Lucky guess. Must be a few putting bets on in um, over the border in Las Vegas, I think, in California, mate. <laughs> Find ways and means, I expect. Maybe they walk over the uh, border. They drive through the desert. Yeah, uh, also very strong in New York and uh, New Jersey, amazingly. There you go. If you are in any of those states and you want to leave us a review, please, uh, please do. Now, this one is a bit closer to home for us. It's from Robert in Glasgow. Thank you very much for your time, Robert. Um, essential listening for golf punters five stars this weekly pod is a must listen for all golf fans Steve, Paul and Barry all know their stuff and give unrivaled stats and data that help with my weekly staking plan for both the PGA Tour and the European Tour every angle is covered on the pod and it is truly excellent stuff great work lads and thank you please keep up the good work brilliant stuff Thanks, guys, and thanks for taking the taking the time to uh, to write your reviews. It's very much appreciated, as as Steve said, and uh, very well received by us here. I've had a couple of tweets actually from people over the weekend who've um, used the stats and used the predictors and used our 
um, used our previews to, to get some decent results on DraftKings. So, uh, so well done. It's, it's always great to see some of the results you guys get. Um, there was a couple of heavy winners there, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. Gavin, uh, he, he uh, tweeted us to say that he's new to DraftKings and um, he'd uh, been using the podcast and listening to what I've got to say. And he won a couple of uh, couple of events and or a couple of contests. And then Mark Olsen um, tweeted us a picture of his win last week where he won... $30,000 coming third in the big uh, DraftKings contest, the big public contest last week, the $5 contest. Um, wow. So $30,000 for Mark. Um, outstanding efforts. Um, Can you, you remember guys. his too? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he, he tweeted me a picture of it. So I've got it here, two secs. Uh, Jason Cheers. Day. Right, yeah, okay. Day, Day, Casey, Reeve, Knox, Bradley, I can see. There was one other which is uh, fallen off the screenshot, but... Uh, yeah, excellent stuff. Excellent. He must stuff. have loved that five six under finish from Russell Knox then. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd knocked in a few of my teams as well, and he did. Um, he snuck me through into the uh, into the money with a with a few of them. It's a, it's a tough old game trying to uh, trying to, to trying to get towards the top of these uh, contest leaderboards because the standard is so so high. Um, even if you're getting six out of six, which I got in a few of my teams last week, it's um, still it's still tough going, but. Uh, Really let's, enjoyable. Let's review last week, and we can mm. start with Russell Knox. Actually, have you got any? Uh, is is Knox showing on either Scottish Open or Irish Open? Because I know that he's been, I know that he's been saying in the states that his game something very good's about to happen. He mentioned that a few weeks ago. Yep. I'm trying to remember the tournament. It might have been Colonial, and he said he was very very pleased with how he was playing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and he he has been a raider in the past, hasn't he? That comes across to fulfil his European tour requirements, and bang, gets right up in the mix. Yeah, no, I've, I've I mean I've, I've made a note of some of the notable names for the Irish um, and the Scottish, but um, I've not seen knocks on either. I mean, for the Irish, we've got the likes of John Rahm, Fleetwood, Oosthuizen, Wallace, Lowry, Poulter, Pepperell. Rafa, Hatton, Haltong Lee, Lucas Bjergaard's coming over. Abraham Answer is listed. He pulled out this week. Is that an injury or do we know his... Uh... Well, it was a late WD. Mm. It was a Monday morning WD after he'd finished like a train at the Travellers. So I would expect it's tactical. Yeah, it might be tactical. I am seeing knocks in the field for the Scottish Open. Yeah, Scottish is, it's a bit better Scottish, isn't it? So you've got the likes of Rory, JT... Uh, Kucha Fowler, Kisner, Stenson, Jimmy Walker's coming over. Um, but yeah, no, none of the other other names that I'm you I'm also might... seeing him in the Irish Open, so he's playing both. Oh, OK, OK. He must have been a bit further down the list from the names he's that I've plucked out hidden, at the yeah. top. Yeah, he's a little bit hidden. But he's playing. Yeah, OK. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed with the Scottish field so far. I know we're a good, uh, good fortnight or so away, so perhaps it will perhaps it'll improve a little bit, but... Um, and a few of the names that haven't decided to come over, and clearly Rory's chosen the Scottish over the Irish as well, which is a, an interesting, uh, interesting ploy from him this year. Well, yeah, Knox yeah, is defending in Ireland, isn't he? Yeah, they're moving to uh, La Hinch, aren't they? But uh, right. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's going to going to be take some deciphering actually, because La Hinch, I've not found any um, tangible course form from and um, the Renaissance Club where they're playing the Scottish the week after. Um, I think they played the Scottish Senior Open there a couple of years back but again it's it's going to be a bit patchy in terms of course, course form and uh, information so uh, it's going to take some digging I think over the next couple of weeks to get uh, get to the bottom of these two events but very much looking forward to it. It's a, it's a good stretch of the year isn't it where you've got the uh, kind of the, the links swing as we yeah, head yeah, towards yeah. the uh, Open Championship. Well, traditionally, we'd have had the French Open this week. Yep. We'd have had the Irish, then the Scottish, then, of course, the Open Championship. But clearly, they've moved the French Open back to October and relegated it from the Rolex series. Mm. And apparently, there's no sponsor now for the event. I heard yeah, yeah. There's, there's no prize fund attached to it as well at the moment. So, it's um, yeah, it's a bit up in the air, isn't it? I mean, it's still listed as, a, as an event, and I suspect it will go ahead one way or the other. But... Um, Keith Pelly yeah. might have to dip into his pocket and pay a few of the players some prize money. <laughs> well, you'd imagine with it being the Golf National that they'll find find someone who who wants to uh, wants to sponsor it. But yeah, it's, it, 
it's kind of fallen from grace because that's you know is one of the mainstays and one of the better or has been one of the better events on the European tour for the last few years. And it is one of those rare stages in golf where the European tour have better events than the PGA tour. And just to run you through that, this year we've got the Rocket more was it the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week? Yep. Then the three M Open next week, which they're playing in Wisconsin on another golf course that the PGA Tour hasn't played at. Although there, yep. I think there is some senior course information. They that, and that's another brand new event. That's not, not a renamed a brand, event. A, no, it's a brand new event. 3M have got behind. And then, of course, you get the John Deere Classic. So they're calling it the uh, the Midwest Swing, effectively, because mm. they're, uh, uh, they're playing Michigan this week, Detroit. They then go to Wisconsin, and then they go back to Illinois the week before the Open. But yep. just... just that tr- uh, that little stage of the PGA Tour is always weak in terms of field quality because none of the real elite players want to play those events in the build-up to the Open. And mm. a few of them, of course, will come across for the Irish. They will come across for the Scottish. I'm seeing Kevin Kisner, Justin Thomas in the field for the Scottish already. Yeah. And Matt Kuchar. Yeah, Ricky Fowler as well. Fowler. So you're getting a few. I'm sure there'll be a few more additions to that as well. So yeah, just from so. a PGA Tour perspective, they do struggle at this stage of the season, which, as we will go into later on in the pod, does open up some opportunities for players that are still going to be trying to get into the Open Championship this week. So I know mm. that there's Open Championship uh, spots, three on your event and two in my event in the States available uh, for qualification this week. So yeah, that's right. there's opportunities for big, big money and big titles for players that are still invigorated and keen on getting a W this week mm. on both tours. Yeah, big big incentive for the guys who are not already open qualified, that's for sure. I think from my perspective at the Travellers last week, I had no one really, none of my four performed badly. They all performed reasonably well and they were always kind of in con- contention, but they just never jotted the. I mean, Leishman started well, then f- fell away. Kisner then played well on Friday, did nothing on Saturday. None of them did anything on moving day. And then Kisner, I think he got to eight, nine under Sunday. If another birdie, he might have just nicked a spot, but he bogeyed instead. So it was kind of there or thereabouts. My summary of my players would be that Justin Thomas from T to green is unbelievable at the moment, but his putting is, as we kind of knew it was and didn't improve last week, it seems to be some kind of mental block for him at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, second for T to green, and he couldn't, he was still, I think he was 30th or something. Just couldn't make a three or four footer for birdie, couldn't make anything. Nah, it was odd, wasn't it? It was very odd, and he has mentioned that it's uh, it, it's it's becoming something is, that's being questioned in interviews, and of course that then starts mm-hmm. players thinking about it all the time. Um, typically, I didn't tip up Paul Casey. He then gets a nice solid spot, which would have covered the week, but we kind of knew that would happen. So yeah, it was just one of those weeks, really. Kevin Kisner played okay. I still they're playing on Poano again this week, and he's playing. I just get the feeling with Kisner, again, you looked at his putting stats this week, he, he does struggle on Poana. And I, people have mentioned that to me on tweets and on just various messages this year, actually, about the fact that Kisner struggles on Poana. So that's just one to bear in mind, potentially, for this one. Yeah, and a lot of these uh, bent power tracks that we've been coming to, they have been um, heavily power-oriented, haven't they? Kind of 80 right. 90%. So... Right. Um, you know, if you get a, you get a swing where it's closer to 50-50, you might find he's, he's far more comfortable with it. But uh, yeah, there's something that just doesn't quite get on with it, does he? Something is horribly wrong with Jordan Spieth again. And we did we did mention the podcast last, last week, this potential issue that he's got with the caddy, Grella and whatever. But something's very, very amiss there. Mm. And my concern would be, I'm just looking at the Open Championship betting, and um, I'm seeing Jordan Spieth as short as 16 to 1 to win the Open. And that just. Bad, isn't that? That's, that is not a good price. Yeah, I'm, 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 not wading in, I'm not wading in at this point, I must say. Um, just other just things to take from last week. It was great to see Ches Reevy win. Um, he completely blew the trend where no one could contend at the US Open the week before and then win the Travellers. Mm. 
So that's now been placed in the bin. Yeah, but then would, for me, the US Open was not an atypical US Open. I wonder True. if it would have been a kind of a level par grind fest. Would True. would it have been a different result? And quite possibly, mm. I I think you have to take the future years in context and contest. And if you get a, always, a, an easier year, then perhaps there are always know. these nuances and angles you've got to try yeah. and get your head around very quickly on a Monday morning, aren't they? And that's a very good point about Reeve, because it wasn't really a grinding US Open with 13 under winning. No. People no, were, no. It, no, yeah, it was still tough. Yeah, but yes, it was tough, but it wasn't a plus no, one it was or a, level it, bar it, Shinnecock US Open that could go no, on. It was, it was a kind of... 53 weeks ago. Slight, slightly tougher PGA Tour event, wasn't it? But he so had, he um, well. Yeah, the other thing with Reeve is he's one of those players that you know... He's a bang-bang player, if you see what I mean. He's got a history of finding something and he stays hot for two consecutive weeks. Yeah. And he was also a very good price because, you know, the Travellers was half-decent field. So that was a big miss, I thought. Um, Bradley was interesting. He's starting to find something again. He's another that doesn't string form together, but get him on a course that features bent grass with Poana in it. But, you, you know... At a putting competition where we said that putts per GIR putting average would be absolutely critical, you wouldn't expect Keegan Bradley to ever finish second for putts putting average, and he did last week. Yeah. As he did at Aronomic when he won the BMW Championship. But you just don't ever see it. It's not like Yost Loughton where you see Yost and all of a sudden it's 1.75 the week after 1.72. And you say to me, oh, Steve, I think he can shave yeah. a bit off that and get to 1.69 and win it. Mm-hmm. Bradley's putting at 1.9, 1.95, 1.9, and all of a sudden he's putting at 1.53. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a crystal ball to pluck that one out. Yeah, tough one, isn't it? Um, the other thing, um, you mentioned this to me off mic. The, nut, the player that really grabbed my attention last week was Jason Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that Stevie Williams uh, partnership appears to be uh, moving things in the right direction, doesn't it? First for ball striking... He was also first for greens in regulation. And he was very, very tidy in terms of his driving accuracy as well. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of strokes gained, fifth strokes gained tee to green, second strokes gained approach last week wow. as well. That's not how Jason Day has been playing recently. He's one to keep a very close eye on, I think, over the next Feed, few weeks. Feedback from the States overnight, we're recording this Tuesday morning, is that that Stevie Williams has got a very um, hard regime in place and all of a sudden Jason's day output in terms of his practising has increased massively. Mm. And that's exactly the reason why Jason actually employed him. Yep. He's, I, in my mind, he's going to be like one of these guys that you see, these fitness sergeants, you know? <laughs> and you've got all like these middle-aged yeah. women and men just getting off the commuter train from London and they're throwing ropes around on the village green and getting a sweat on doing all their burpees and stuff. I think Williams is going to be like that for Jason Doe. Right. Well, if, he's, yeah, if, if what we're seeing in the early early days of this partnership is anything to go by, then um, perhaps things are moving in the right direction for Jason Day. And he's a, he's a very, very, very good player when he's at his best. And if he's help, you know, being helped to find his best by the partnership with Williams, then um, he's one to be very wary of as the, uh, as the season progresses. You have got a minute and a half to quickly take the viewers, or the listeners rather, through what happened in Germany last month. Yeah, it was disappointing really, wasn't it, in the end? I mean, to get the 54-hole leader, and I know the conversion rate of 54-hole leaders to, to tournament champions um, isn't great, and on the European Tour it's it's probably even worse because there tends to be a lot of um, wobbling, shall I say, if, uh, for want of a less uh, appropriate phrase. But yeah, Jordan, was, uh, Jordan Smith was one shot, um, ahead going into the final day played really well on Saturday to get himself in the position and to be fair he played solidly for the three days up to that to get himself into the spot where he could go forward yeah, and, yeah. and win his second German title but it wasn't, the, wasn't to be just I guess you know it was it's an atypical Jordan Smith performance he was great from tee to green fourth for total driving second for ball striking 
you know, fourth for driving action, ninth for greens and regulation. That's exactly Jordan Smith. And then um, the putter just wouldn't allow him to get enough birdies when push came to shove. And to be fair, in the end, I'd kind of conceded he wasn't going to even place because he was a couple of shots shy of a, a place with two holes left. And um, thankfully, he birdied the final two holes to give us yeah. a slice of the... Yeah, a slice of the third place, which um, was... In relative terms, a bonus in the end, but always disappointing to you, uh, to get that close and, and no cigar. You were spot on on your summary, though, because Andrea Pavan, who won in the playoff from Matthew Fitzpatrick, was first for GIR for the week at 79.2. So yep. 80, 80% of greens in reggae hit to win yep. that. Yeah, and uh, Matt Fitz was on the, exactly the same number, wasn't he? Um, in fact, their stats were very, very similar across the board. And there is that kind of blueprint with this track by the looks of it, where you're looking for that kind of player. And Fitz should have won it, as, as you can see. I mean, the, the the player that caught my eye a little bit further down the list, actually, was Eric Van Rooyen, who um, also hit the same number of greens. And his, his long game, again, seventh for accuracy. Uh, first greens regulation, again, top 10 for total driving and ball striking on the week. Again, just the putter that wasn't quite firing last week, but one to keep an eye on as we go for the next few weeks, I think, Eric Van Rooyen. We know he's a very capable player who's very likely to get that win sooner oh, yeah. rather than later. Second in Qatar, sixth in the Indian Open, second at the trophy Hassan Durr, and of course that top 10 finish at uh, Bethpage Black in the PGA Championship. Yeah. You just get the feeling that once he settles down, because he's, he's had a little foray with um, some PGA Tour events as well, and he played the Canadian Open. Yep. If he settles down to some main, you know, some European Tour events, and um, he's got he's got a win soon, surely. Got yeah, to win he's, soon. he's he's well well capable of uh, of doing that. So yeah, once a couple, well, and, and he's no bargain with Van Roy, and you're not going to get yourself a ridiculously long price for. No. for picking up a win on him but he looks like he's very very close his Twitter um, was really buoyant after last week despite finishing you know, it's slightly under the radar 16th you know a lot of people look for top 10s or top 5s to, to indicate form but I think the underlying stats for for Eric are very strong so uh, he'll be one to keep in the notebook for the next few weeks I think let's look at the future we've looked at the past let's move forward two events this week uh, we've got the PGA Tour event that's taking place in Detroit, in Michigan, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We've also got the Estrella Dam and the Lufia Masters. Not so good that time. Um, the one thing that's become clear, and we're going to talk bookmaker of the week, the one thing that became clear last night as we were publishing our tips again was that Bet Fred stepped up to the mark yet again. Seven places each way of 50 odds available both on your event in Europe mm-hmm. and once they actually got their market out, which I think was 10 to 7 in the end as I was pressing F5 for over an hour, um, they went seven places each way of 50 odds, which they have been doing on full field events on the PGA Tour for a long period of time. Yep. But it wasn't just that. Again, and as we keep preaching, it was their prices. Because yep. I know for a fact that this morning... Um, they were best priced on a whole list of 33 to 1 to 66 to 1 shouts on the on the PGA Tour event. I mean, Jay, they were the only ones chalking up Jason Day at 30 at 66s, Snedeker at 33s on the seven places. They're 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 pricing very very well on the PGA Tour, and I know that in the end on my event, I managed to grab two of my four players market leading price with Betfred. And you, I think, was it four of your, three of your four? Yeah, they were really strong. Um, when I published, um, there were a lot of standout prices. And yeah, four, four of my five, actually, that I've put yeah. up this week were with Fred um, yesterday afternoon. Um, so if you're listening in the United Kingdom or, the Nor- or Northern Ireland, you haven't got a Betfred account, we are um, in a scenario where we're mentioning them week in. We are neutral, but... They're doing a very, very good job at the moment with their odds and their extended each-way places. I will put a link in the description box if you're listening to this podcast um, via um, iTunes or any of the standard um, purveyors of podcasts to our free bets for on golf page at golfbettingsystem.co.uk and you can access their enhanced 
Bet 10, get £30 in free bets. Plus, you get 30 free spins if you open up via golf betting system. So that free uh, free bets for golf page is in the description box. Unless you're listening on YouTube, you can't access it there. But, of course, just come to golf betting system and you will find this Betfred deal for golf betting uh, for or via golf betting system for Betfred. Right. I must also mention key terms are available, of course, on our website. Right. Let's talk Rocket Mortgage Classic. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Mm. Cut a long story short, Tiger used to have a tournament at this time of the uh, time of the year that started off at Congressional and lots of good courses. Over the years, it degraded. It was, a, it was an inv- invitational status tournament, which basically meant that if you won it, you got a three-year tour exemption rather than the standard two on the PGA Tour. Anyway, interest was lost in it. I think this time of the year, as we kind of said earlier, a lot of the best players want to come and play um, golf in Europe for obvious reasons. In the end, that tournament that used to be based around Washington and Philadelphia has been scrapped. And the guys that can, uh, to, uh, the guys that used to sponsor that um, event, Quicken Loans, said, "Hey, why don't you come to Detroit, where we're based, and we will sponsor a tournament in our own city?" And that's what's happening this week. So effectively, uh, they are sponsoring this event through their Rocket Mortgage brand, which is um, a brand where you can basically get a mortgage completely online. So we have the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So it's come out of the defunct national event that Tiger used to organise. We're vis- visiting a brand new golf course, the Detroit Golf Club. It's 10 miles northwest of central Detroit, Motor City. Um, it's basically a hybrid of two Donald Ross courses. So Donald Ross, first thing you think, um, nice cl- traditional old school classical golf courses. Um, 17 holes are on the, his north course and one hole, the third, is from the south course on this particular property. So, old-style golf course. But this is the interesting thing, because I always think, I don't know about you, but I think Donald Ross. I think Pinehurst number two, yeah. which is probably his most famous design. I think east course at Oak Hill. Uh, PJ Tour of stop-offs, I think Sedgefield for the Wyndham. I also, of course, think East Lake yeah, to a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. None of them are par seventy twos. No. So we've got a new dynamic this week. We've got a Donald Ross design that's going to play as a traditional par seventy two, with four par fives, and listen to this: seven thousand three hundred and forty yards, which for a par seventy two in the northern United States yeah, is short. Not overly long, is it? By any stretch. No. It's not taxing, is it? Um, sent uh, had a conversation with the uh, course um, superintendent who was very a nice chap by the name of Jake Mendoza he came back and told us that in terms of the greens this week over in Detroit we are looking at 80% Poana 20% Bengrass in their makeup so as you said earlier so in their makeup very similar to some of the events we've been seeing recently both at the Travellers also at the RBC Canadian Open Hmm. I would have put those greens at Hamilton closer to 95% power when I was watching it on TV. They were real power. You didn't yeah, see a lot yeah, yeah. in those greens. Yeah, it's, it's, as you say, it's certainly been a, a high proportion over the last few weeks and yeah, close enough to class them as Poana, I think, if you're, if you, if you're getting kind of pedantic about it. Um, can't tell you any details about um, square footage of greens. Can't tell you about the fairway width because that information as yet hasn't been available. All I will say is just by visually looking at the golf course, doing some research around it, it didn't look too tight for me. There isn't a lot of water on the property. In fact, only one hole features a pond surrounding the green. So 17 holes with no water features as we know them. There are some of these kind of Ross... Um, Ditches, though, for irrigation purposes. One on 18 is very interesting. It runs the whole length of the left-hand side of the fairway, and then it crosses across the hole and forms the right side of the green as you're looking at it on the approach. Mm. So if you put your ball in those kind of um, swales, as they're classified, you're basically going to be in a scenario where 
you're going to have to take a drop and uh, a penalty. So we're not really up to speed with the golf course in terms of how it's going to play, but I can't foresee a situation where the PGA Tour are going to send players at this stage of the season to a golf course where it's going to be a tough task. I think it's going to be scorable this week. Yeah, the setup and as you say, the yardage and just what we can glean from it would suggest it's going to be, I don't know, fifteen under, twenty under, somewhere in that kind I of think ballpark, so. somewhere between the two, maybe. I think it could be resort level scoring. Yeah, I think you could see anything up to twenty under potentially. Particularly the other thing is, five, it's going to so. be well, it's going to be very hot, Paul. Yeah, twenty eight, thirty, and thirty one degrees Celsius over the yeah. opening two days, three days, and that says that they're going to have to go out and get the old hoses out every night and water those greens. Yeah, but the ball so will be I, flying. I think if, even if you see firm fairway conditions, you're still going to have balls that just sit on the green, and that really then is birdie time. Mm. Birdie and eagle mania, isn't it? Yep. Field, Dustin Johnson heads it at 6-1. to one. Ricky Fowler, who is a Quicken Loans um, player, sponsored by them, he's playing at 12, so whether his heart's in it, hard to know. The first one I came to in the betting who straight away really did prompt me to back him was Hideki Matsuama, who I think is very ready, ready to win a, a, a golf tournament very soon. And if I just look at the old quick and loan scenario and I go back to the kind of players that used to win that quick and loans tournament, um, it was obvious there. I, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the actual event two weeks after the US Open and three weeks before the Open Championship. I've got names winning this week, going back to Anthony Kim in 2008. Woods has won it a number of times. Justin Rose, Nick Watney, Bill Haas. Justin Rose has won at this time of the season twice. Kyle Stanley at uh, TPC Potomac in 2017. And last year, our friend Francesco Molinari won this, which I think was his mm. first ever win in the United States. Yeah, he won at twenty-two to one. Yeah, and this this was the this was this particular spot in the schedule, rather absolutely. Than, yeah, not so this tournament, but this yeah. potential spot. Because I like to just try and get a view of what kind of winner do we see at this time of year. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now those courses there, all of them were classical. The fields weren't great because the fields were never great for Tigers tournament. It just didn't happen. You know, we're talking weak fields, but in the end, a decent quality of winner actually won the tournament. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm placing my stake this week. Mm. And for me, if you're looking for a player in that field who must be hungry for a victory, it has to be Hideki Matsuama, who hasn't won since 2017. But he's been showing signs all year, hasn't he? Third at Torrey Pines, ninth at Riviera, bent grass, Poana mixed greens, eighth at TPC Sawgrass, and then sixth at Muirfield Village, bent grass, Poana greens a few weeks ago when I think he shot 64 in round three and went out in the second last group with Patrick Cantlay. Now, he couldn't match Cantlay on the Sunday, who played fantastically well. But I just think, looking at the top of that market, I'm, I'm on Matsuama. I managed to grab 16-1 to 1 with Ladbrokes, five places each way I caught the odds on Matsuama yesterday afternoon. So Matsuama heads my team. I'm then going for a real... Donald Ross connoisseur in Brant Schnedeker, who I think at 33 to 1, seven place each way, 50 odds with Bet Fred, is well worthy of backing this week, Brant Schnedeker. Yeah, he's been showing bits, hasn't he? And, and, and it wasn't quite what you expected at the US Open, but prior to that, he, he floated with a 59, didn't he? He was very, very good. 60 at, in Canada, wasn't he? At, That's um, right, yeah. On the, on the Friday. I just. I got some feedback on the Facebook group today. You worried about his form at the US Open, but when we snared him last year, I think he'd he finished seventieth or sixty eighth at the PGA Championship the week before. Yeah. I don't. I just think he's got a bit of a mental block with majors at the moment. But you know for a fact that when it comes to like the domestic PGA Tour winner we're, uh, level, we're looking at a nine-time PGA Tour winner. Here. Oh yeah, well, okay. and particularly on the, on Poana-based surfaces, he's very exactly. Strong. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, Paul. He just loves Poanas, doesn't he? Yeah. In this field, if you're looking at the amount of, you know, if you're looking at wins on on Poana Pure or Bent Grass with Poana mixed in there, he ranks with four PGA Tour victories on this surface. 
He's second only, uh, third only to Bubba Watson with six and, of course, Dustin Johnson with ten. And you just look at his record on Donald Ross Designs. He's a winner at um, Eastlake. Clearly, um, he's got a record at Sedgefield, which is fantastic. He won mm. there last year. He also got a top ten at Pinehurst number two in 2014. He, he, he just he ticks all the boxes. And it's noticeable. A little bit like uh, Jason Day last week with his dreams and regulation numbers. If you look at Schnedeker right now, he's finding a level of GIR. He was first for GIR at Sawgrass, fifth at Hamilton, seventh last week for Greens and Reg at TPC River Highlands. That is the kind of form with Schnedeker. When he's hitting greens and he's got confidence with his approaches, the putter will work at some stage. He's too good a putter not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his putting style works perfectly for Pauana. You know, that little kind of pop putting stroke he's got is um, absolutely spot on for Pauana Greens. So. I, think, I think he's also heavily into the tournament. I noticed last night they tweeted out that he's doing something for, um, I think it was something yesterday or this morning, where he's running a great big kids clinic on the golf course. It's all mm. um, a great big... I think he's clearly into the tournament to, to have agreed to do that. I just think... A guy in the world top 50, if you're looking for a guy that wants to win and could take this opportunity this week in a weak field, I think Snedeker could uh, be very, very sweet this week. Yeah. Also a winner in Canada. I was a little surprised, but it's true, that so many of his victories have actually been on par 72s. Five of his nine victories have been on par 72 formats. Yeah, and he's not the longest, is he? But, um, but clearly, when he's making birdies, he's, he's capable of winning anywhere, really, isn't so, he? So yeah, to, to to have five of your of, the, of your nine wins on seventy twos with five uh, four par fives involved, two at Torrey Pines, two at Pebble Beach, and one at Glen Abbey. Mm. That's you know the fact that this isn't a seventy; it's a seventy two might actually be a positive for him. Uh, next on my list, Kevin Streelman, one and a half points each way, forty to one, eight place each way, fifty odds with Paddy Power. I try not to pre-judge players. I mean, it would have been easy last week to pre-judge Ches Reeve and say, ah, he never wins. And we've had a few of those this season, haven't we? And mm. if you're looking for a guy that's playing consistent golf, who lives in the, who is an Illinois, Illinois native, so he, you know, he's a Midwest kind of guy, and he's just playing bloody good golf at the moment, Kevin Streelman. I, I just missed out on 45-1 to 1 with Paddy Power which I was a bit gutted about, but I still took the 40s. 7th at Pebble, 6th at uh, the Oaks course, which was the Valera Texas Open, 6th at Arbortown, 4th at Muirfield, 15th last week. He's just playing outstanding golf, and his strokes gained on approach numbers are unbelievable. Yeah. Last week, he was actually in the top 26 for strokes gained putting, which is the bugbear. If he can mix it all together this week, Strillman will go very, very close. Yeah, I, I, I had him in a few of my... DraftKings teams last week, um, Strillman, and um, I think he's going to be another one of those players that needs to be included as part of the uh, part of the plan this week, whether it's betting and or DK. I think he reminds me slightly of Matt Fitzpatrick. You know, he doesn't seem to get off to the best of starts, and then all of a sudden, for the final three rounds, he plays really awesome golf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he was top twenty-five. Out. I think he started okay last week, twenty-fifth or something. Tied twenty-fifth at the start. Mm. He's going to need to start. You, you're not going to be able, I think, shoot 74 on Thursday and win this. You're going to, you're going to have to shoot something fourth, three, four under par to get in the yeah. mix. Yeah. So hopefully, Struels gets off. You know, he gets off to a good start. But he's playing some outstanding golf. And the one I'm probably the most excited about of all four is the biggest prize. I just all over Jason Duffner this week. Mm. Point each way, 66 to one, seven place each way, 50 odds with Bet Fred. He's just playing some outstanding golf, mate, Duffner. Yeah, yeah. I, there's, there's just those signs when you, you flick through his stats and flick through his record recently. Is um, he's not far off at all, is he? He's not far, is he? And he's the kind of player that would win this. I mean, Strelman, I would relate to like Kyle Stanley two years ago. Kyle Stanley hadn't won for about nine years or something stupid before he won. But Streelman's mm. playing so well at the moment, as Kyle Stanley was in 2017. At some point, I remember that because at Potomac, Star, uh, Stanley had a, had a playoff with Charles Howell III, and you think, what a crazy playoff that was. Mm. Two non-winners of like the highest 
highest regard at that point, and they both won clearly since. But Duffner, actually, he's sneaky, you know. Five PGA Tour victories. He's won three of those on par 72s. And two of those, he shot 19 under and 25 under to win. And I've always thought Duffner is just one of those sneaky resort course kind of players that everyone, oh, well, he can't putt. But I'll tell you what, when he's actually on his game and he's hitting the amount of greens and fairways he is at the moment and the putter does click, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that being like this this week. I really can. And don't forget, he's a major champion winner. And where did he win? He won at Oak Hill in 2013, which was a Donald Ross design. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's former around the Midwest, Paul. You know, Wisconsin, Missouri. He's actually an Illinois... Uh, sorry, he's an Ohio-born guy. So he's a Midwestern, Midwesterner. But anywhere around these regions, Ohio, his home state, um, Illinois, Wisconsin, Missouri, you go even back to his second division days, just loaded with great finishes in the Midwest. Yeah, I, the thing with Jason is when he starts making birdies, um, that's when to, to, to get involved with him or to get, get interested in him. And if you go back to the memorial, he made yeah. 20 birdies on the week, which was, I'm only seeing three, four players ahead of him yeah. on that particular week. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a positive I remember the Sunday. I remember the Sunday, and he was just burning edges. He was making putts, and then, of course, he threw in a double at the last. Yeah. But if he hadn't thrown that double in, I would never have been getting on 66s this week. He'd no, been close no, no. to 33s, because he'd have finished, yeah. what, tied third? Mm-hmm. I just think he's, he's close, Duffner. So yeah. they're the four I've gone with. Duffner... I've gone Streelman, I've gone Schnedeker, I've gone Matsuama. Who are you interested in this week in terms of the Rocket Mortgage? Paul? Yeah, I, I, I've got to say, I do, do agree with you on a couple. I agree with you on, on Duffner, and, uh, and and I think uh, Schnedeker's got a win in him soon um, as well. So um, that's probably dangerous if we're on a couple of the same players. Um, the other I one I... One of pick- yours as well. <laughs> we're doomed. Um, one that I... Uh, plucked out, which um, I thought was a nice price, was Brian Harmon at eighty to yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, if you're looking for players with a bit of form in the region, um, he's a winner of the John Deere Classic in Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's been, for me, he's been bowling under the last few weeks. He was thirty um, first at the uh, the Charles Schwab first ball striking that week, which um, which was a good positive move for Harmon. Uh, 27th at Memorial, 3rd for driving accuracy, 2nd for greens and regulations. So the long game is working really nicely at the moment for, for Brian. Uh, 69-65 to, to open in Canada. So he was in, right in contention after 36 and fell away. And then three consecutive rounds of 66 to finish last week, uh, which caught my attention as well. So I think his form, his, you know, his headline finishes don't look that great. And I think that's why you're able to get 80-1 out there. But I think there's enough just under the surface. To, to be interested, he's a decent player on soft setups, um, upstate tracks. He's had a um, shocking season. I think he was like 160 in the FedEx Cup standings. And then, yeah. as you said, we spotted a couple of weeks ago first and second for GIR at a couple, and the, and the putter was stone cold. And yeah. then, all of a sudden, as we see so often, they start to get confidence tee to green, and the putter starts to warm up. Yeah, and sure yeah, enough, yeah. he finished like a train last week at the Travellers, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I, like, I like Harmon at, Harmon at a bigger price. I'm seeing a little bit of 80s out there now, but I yeah. know he's backed in heavily last night. Yeah, 80 to one. I took that. I thought that was. I thought that was a fair price on um, a player who we know he can get over the line. He's decent on Poana as well. If you go back, he was fifth last year at um, the Mexico Championship chip at yeah. Chapultepec. That's Poana Greens as well. Poana, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's more Poana form out there as well. And he is that kind of player um, who, he's when a natural he, putter when he's on form, isn't he? Oh, he's a great, great putter. Yeah, great, great putter. Great, great short game as well. So it's, it's interesting when you tie those together, which isn't really far from at the moment and um, with the fact that he's striking the ball excellently from TT to green as well so there's a lot to like I think and he's that kind of player that um, when he does find top form he does tend to hold it for, for yeah. sort of two, three, four weeks and then kind of drops right back off a cliff again so perhaps that yeah. um, eighth place finish last week will be a good positive him coming into I, this. I concur. I think he'll go well this week. And also, don't forget, John Deere Classic in two weeks' time. And his yep. game is coming together just at the perfect time. 
Yep. Yep. I won't be getting eighty to one for the John Deere Classic in a couple of weeks' time. No, nah, not not, not after he wins this week, Steve. So Harmon for you, any others? No, that was the only other one that I've added so far. So, uh, so yeah, I might just. It's, it's always difficult with these new tracks, new events, isn't it? To 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 really get um, involved heavily with a lot of names because you, you you you're guessing to a, a large degree how it's going to play. But um, yeah, I think I think I'll probably stay put and then probably invest the uh, the rest of my efforts into trying to trying to get a, a DK team that can get uh, competitive this week. Right then, let's go Valderrama Masters. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, so, uh, sorry, the Andalusia Masters. Andalusia Masters. Indeed, yes. Yeah, very, very impressed with your pronunciation this week, Steve. Thank You've you. been doing some uh, some homework for uh, for this event. Yeah, so oh, this is. Oh, the... oh no! I tell you one thing. I have to, I have done though. I need to. Sorry, let me just go. Hideki Matsuyama. Right. I said Matsuyama, but I need to say Matsuyama. <laughs> So I do apologise uh, for that. Uh, but it's Matsuyama. It'll, it'll eventually get into your, uh, your, it will. your your muscle memory and your brain. Me, why are you mouth. calling him Matsuyama? You've been told. Yes. You've been told. Go yeah, on. so we're off to Valderrama. And this is the event, that well, the track that used to host the uh, the Volvo Masters back in the day. That it used to be the, the season-ending oh, yeah. kind of pinnacle of the season of the European Tour before it got uh, overtaken by... Oh, it's outstanding. Yeah, it's, it's one, one of the very, very best. It's been, you know, it's hosted Ryder Cups and some big events over the years, WGCs, isn't it? Um, but then, yeah, it dropped off the schedule and then they, they brought it back in 2010-11 for the yeah. Andalusia Masters and it dropped off the schedule again. So it's great to see it come back in 2017. Um, so 2017, 2018 and again this year, of course. Um, and it's been dominated by the host, Sergio Garcia, for the last couple of years. So he's won both of them. It's at five to one, then nine to two last year. Um, Very rare that the host actually dominates their own. Yeah, it's, cle- it's clearly. It, but that was Tiger, but Sergio. Yeah, it's cle- clearly. I mean, yeah, we, know, we know he loves the track. I mean, that, there were two wins. He also won one of the previous um, Andalusia Masters back in 2011, I think it was. Ten further top tens. He absolutely loves Valderrama. So um, it's clearly not. An issue for him to come here, being part of the setup, hosting the tournament, and going out and winning the event. Now this year, you're getting 13 to two about him, um, and that's down to a couple of reasons. Really, he comes in with form, um, really miscut, miscut, 52 miscut, so not in any kind of um, decent form from those four events. A couple of them are majors, admittedly, but even so, you'd expect slightly better from a player of his um, ability. Um, plus the fact that you've got John Rahm here this week. Um, seven to one. You've got Matt Fitzpatrick, who claim who came very close to winning last week in attendance as well. So yeah. there are some viable alternatives um, for favoritism at the top of the market. I and mean, Rams closest to him at sevens, but uh, Fitzpatrick will have his backers as well. Um, having gone so so close last week, and again, you know, a tight tree line setup thing. I think woven when when Matt Fitzpatrick got over the line for the first time in the European Tour. Uh, it suits Fitzpatrick down to the ground again. If he gets off to a fast enough start and doesn't kind of languish in the mid seventies on on Thursday, then you'd expect Fitzpatrick to be there or thereabouts. With the local ground conditions and the forecast, what do you think the target score is going to be? Because I'm seeing Andrew yeah. Johnson winning this at one over, and then Sergio winning at twelve under the last two years. Yeah, it was, now, it's interesting. Clearly, because the course was a lot softer, seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you also got to consider that uh, when Beef won, that was in April, I think it was. Was that the Spanish Open? It was the Spanish Open, yeah, back in 2016. Um, when Sergio won last year, they'd shifted it to the uh, back end of the season. And, and actually, it's an interesting dynamic because it used to be the last couple of seasons, it's been the last regular tour event. So players have been coming here desperately trying to save their yeah. European tour playing privileges. Mm. Um, and of course, shifting that, to this point in the schedule, what was the old Open de France spot means that you haven't got any of those um, restrictions, you haven't got any of those um, kind of uh, issues that are playing on players' minds. And also, it's going to be far firmer, far faster this year than it was at the back end of last year. And you may remember it, it got locked down to three rounds, the, uh, yeah, yeah. 
the event last year. It, it was just raining so heavily. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was terrible weather. So you so know, we're you, not going to see seventy seven point eight percent greens in regulation this year, like Sergio won it. No, no. I mean, even if you hit the fairways here, finding the greens in regulation, they're small greens. They're going to be firm. They're fast. When they when they're running and to their full speed, they're around about twelve and a half on the stimp, which for for European tour bent grass greens is particularly fast. Um, it's probably the fastest bent greens that they have all of the season on the European tour, and and yeah, holding and 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 uh, staying on the dance floors here is not going to be easy. So to answer your question, I think it'll be single digits that wins it. I think it'll be slightly under par. I'm not seeing a massive amount of wind in the forecast, and um, but equally, I think it will play firm and fast. And Valderrama is a proper test. It's, it's not for the faint-hearted. So in our terminology, you would class this as a technical scoring adventure this week. It's going to, yeah. be, it's going to, be, it's going to be single digits under par, yeah? Yeah, yeah I think uh, yeah, you might see someone get six or eight or nine or five. It's in that kind of bracket under. For the, for doesn't the... scream John Rahm, does it? No, it doesn't. And that's, you know, when you, when you work through the list at the top, you know, Sergio... Um, He's going. He's going for a hat trick. You know, he's going for his fourth win, but a hat trick of three consecutive wins, and um, off the back of bad form. I, mean, I can. I can uh, look past him. John Rahm. Yeah. I, again, we've you know we've we've made the same point over and over and over again, particularly when we've talked about him at the majors. But um, he needs, I think, at this point in his career, um, easier setups that aren't quite so mentally demanding and I think um, despite the fact that you know he's clearly very capable he finished third at the US Open in softer conditions of course and easier conditions I think he'll come here and I don't think it will be set up um, to favour John Rahm's game um, it's only just you know it's one yard over 7,000 yards they've extended it marginally so it's now 7,001 yards or past 71 but that's not long it, it's, it's dog legs it's, it's tree lined it's precision over power um, and it's grinding over, flay, you know, birdie making. So, yeah, it just doesn't so it's, util- it's utilities and, and, it, and it's two irons and three irons off tees, yeah. yeah? Positions off t- position off the tee, um, play tactically and strategically. And, um, okay. you know, John Rahm, don't get me wrong, he could, he could get off to a flyer and he could, he could be in position. But I think over the course of 72 holes... You know when things don't quite go quite right for him. Um, you know it, that's when you start seeing the mistakes and the bogeys coming in, and uh, that doesn't bode well around a track like this for me. So yeah, I, you got those three at the top of the market. Whether Matt Fitz can just uh, bounce straight back from last week um, remains to be seen. You know he's he, standing on sixteen t. He should have won that tournament really. And, and fair play to Andrew Pavan. Um, that uh, that approach on the uh, second playoff hole was outstanding. To to knock the stuffing out of uh, the young Englishman, but um, but yeah, it's, if he gets off, he's, again, he's got to get off to a fast start, Matt Fitz. And if he doesn't, then I don't think you're going to be able to play catch up round here. Um, you know, particularly if you've started with a with a poor round, and he does have that tendency to throw in a, a mid seventy round and on a Thursday. It's, uh, I could see him. Potentially. I mean, his numbers last week, T the Green, were amazing. So oh, he's it, great, yeah. it does fit him, but ten to one, it's. The yeah, one that the one that um, you tip up every year here, and I did say to you, I take it that you've you've actually tipped up Yost, Yost the Toast, but you said his form's so dismal at the moment, you can't tip up Yost the Toast layout on this week. No, no, he does. It, it, this is the point with this track, is it tends to throw up the same names um, over and over again. You know, you can look Sorin at Sergio Yost yeah. the Toast. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Go, we'll he, go for a, even the likes of uh, G Mac, he's done well here on a number of occasions. Ian Poult has played well on a number of occasions. You know, clearly Sergio's record is outstanding. Uh, Kelton, as you say, um, he's you know this is one of the tracks that he really does perform at. But Kelton's in a sim- similar boat to Yost Lau, and you know if you looked at him with some kind of incoming form, you'd be very you'd find it very difficult to scrub him from your list because there's you know there'd, there'd be no real justification. But both of the guys are. Are just struggling a little bit at the moment, and um, you know, reluctantly, I'll, I'll, I'll miss, the, miss them off the uh, the final five. Um, but yeah, for me, if you, let's best boil it all down. It's a classical tree line track, past 71, 7,000 yards. It's all about hitting fairways. Um, you've got to find your greens. If you can't find your greens, then your scrambling game's gonna have to be absolutely on point. Um, and I want someone who's flashed a little bit of form recently um, and he's striking the ball very nicely from tee to green. And if they've got a decent bit of history here, 
um, then that does add to the uh, the conversation. I think you know clearly we have seen a couple of debutant win- winners here. Um, Beef won on debut. Jeev Milka Singh, if you go back to the back end of uh, the two thousands, was uh, another debut winner. But uh, but generally, it's players who've had a bit of a flavour of how this track uh, sets up and uh, and uh, have mastered it on their you know you second take uh, our fifth attempt. Your tips. Yeah, yeah. I've gone with five, um, and I've headlined with Andrew Johnson with Beef, and. Um, the reason for that is I think, you know, everything we've just said in the last minute or so, if you've got a player who's got some previous form here um, and he's playing some tidy enough golf um, without really necessarily, you know, knocking the spots off, uh, you know, or featuring right at the top of the leaderboards, that's, that's fine for me. Um, and I think with Beef, you've got a lot to like. He won here on debut in 2016. He's finished 23rd and 22nd, regardless of how he's been playing, coming into those events subsequently. And uh, life's good for Beef. He's he's focused on his fitness. I don't know if you've seen some pictures of him recently, but he's clearly shifted a bit of timber. Um, he's, he's, uh, his fiance is um, expecting their first child as well, and um, yeah, he's just a he's, he's just a happy player right now. You can see that with the uh, you know the beaming smile on his face as he approaches the course. And I think coming back to a track where he's played well before, um, is going to uh, is going to appeal to him. Fourth last week for greens and regulation. Just needs that little bit of spark with a putter, and I think he could uh, he could hit the ground running once again here at Valderrama. Tough track suit him, I think, and you know having one here at one over, as you said, he was second in India last year behind Matt Wallace, lost out in a playoff. Um, I backed uh, Beef that week as well, which was rather disappointing to see him lose in that playoff. But uh, that's another tough track, and I think he'll come here with no fear of what the uh, what the conditions will set up like and of course he won as you said he won in the spring um, back in 2016 where conditions are going to be far more akin to how they are this week than how they've played particularly at the back end of last year when it was um, when it was sopping wet so yeah beef beef headlines the team for me this week um a similar kind of, he was 66 to 1 a similar kind of price slightly slightly shorter and um, Paul Waring who caught my eye in fact yeah. he, he he was one on the list here, and um, from yeah, the back end of last week, yeah, he's been he's been striking the ball well, hasn't he, for for quite a while now. A, I think he's stepping up a grade since that win at the Nordia Masters last year. He yeah, seems yeah, to be a lot more consistent, more confident in his play. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was that fourteen under. I think he won, and it's interesting because if you look at that, he um, won the playoff against. Thomas Aiken that week. Thomas Aiken, yeah. So again, you know, if you're looking for any kind of correlation with players who hit the ball straight, they did play he quite. He was blowing tough, yeah. a hoolie as well. It's very, very windy that week. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, again, course. if you're looking, yeah, you know, in terms of ball striking accuracy, then um, Thomas Aiken is one of the very most metronomic oh, yeah. players out there. So you know, there's potentially yeah. a little correlation there. But yeah, he's been striking the ball well for a while now. Third for ball striking in Morocco. Seventh for ball striking at Hillside. Uh, fifth ball striking and made in Denmark as well. And I, he's been quite vocal again that the thing that's been letting him down is, is, is his putting, which is often the case with these players who are better ball strikers. Um, but interestingly, and I, I guess it depends how much you can uh, you can draw on this Golf Sixes debacle that they run each year. Um, but he, um, alongside Tom Lewis, they finished runner-up to the uh, to the tie team, losing eventually to um, to a nearest the pin decider. Um, as is the way that the, that particular title is decided. Um, but mm. um, up until that point, um, Waring had been putting particularly well. It was a real step change from what I could see compared to how he'd been performing before with the putter. Okay. So I think he may just have found something. And if you tie that all together, um, then all well and good. 30th and 42nd here, these two attempts. So that doesn't scream um, you know, impending success, but... Particularly if you look last year at his performance, 42nd, he was first for total driving, second for ball striking, fifth for all round in that particular week. So he found the, I think he found the recipe for for um, Valderrama. It just needed a decent week with a putter. And if he has found that form of a putter, then um, I think the other players should be a little bit wary this week. Yeah, I must like say. that tip, yeah. Um, a couple more um, very straight players, Ashley Chesters and Aaron Rye, both of them very similar in terms of their style, and um, both of them very good ball strikers, um, tee to green merchants. Both of them slightly off the radar, or particularly Aaron Rye, I guess since since Rye won at the um, Hong Kong Open at the back end of last year, which again, if you're looking for correlations, 
in terms of tight fiddly tracks um uh, tree lined dog legs etc then the hong kong opens an interesting one to, to compare it against um he's not done a great deal since um aaron rye so he um if you look at his strokes gain numbers particularly from tee to green and approach for the year they look particularly particularly slack but then if you look at his actual raw data his driving accuracy 15 for the season his um greens and regulation 15 for the season so i think there's a little bit of underlying form um, 18th last time out on his uh, his last start as well. Eighth for bogey avoidance. There's lots to like with Aaron Rye, I think. And Ashley Chester's. I backed him here last year um, when they came in the in, in the autumn, and um, he led off the first round, and um, he was actually leading for decent chunks of it. Eventually, eventually finished fourth. But I think the the rain delays and the fact that he had so much time in between these delays to sit down and kind of ponder his position in the tournament probably had a negative effect on him. I think if he'd have been out there playing golf for four days and not you know staring at a tv screen from the players lounge and seeing his name at the top of the list it might well have um, helped him out a little bit but again he's another one of these players 12th and 4th from his two starts here um very good in terms of his um, driving accuracy very good in terms of his greens and regulation um, and been playing some uh, some decent golf over the last few weeks as well without getting overly close 21st last week so um, you know that's that's good without being, you know, without raising your head particularly over the parapet to be to be shot down by the bookies. I also um, notice you have gone back to your old haunt for can't can't putts here as your bomb <laughs> shot, your bomb. I mentioned to you. I mean, if you're probably... not going to put yoast the toast in, you've got to put something in like can't putts here, haven't you? On a, uh, one uh, of these uh, yeah. technical tests, I'm, I'm with uh, you. I, I said to you probably three or four weeks ago um, that uh, SSP Chowrasia was uh, was finding some form with his long game and uh, we just needed to find a track that might actually appeal to him. And of course, because we're not going back to India for another nine or 11 months or whatever it would be, yeah. um, you know, it's difficult to, to find a track that will suit him. But yeah, I, there's, there's only so many that are going to work for him. This one. Yeah, there's only so many that are going to work for a player who's um, well, he's 222nd out of 222 players in terms of driving distance. Yeah, he's got the he's kind of Luke distance. He's like Luke Donald like, isn't he? Short and crooked off the tee, which isn't a winning <laughs> proposition, is it? But as you've put in your, he's actually hitting tons of fairways at the moment, which actually is, yeah. get gets him into the mix, doesn't it? Potentially yeah. around a course that's as claustrophobic as Valderrama. Yeah, well, he's finished first for driving accuracy in two of his last three starts. And if you think that that is going to be, and, and I do, I think that uh, particularly in a, a firmer, faster setup, I think driving accuracy is going to be absolutely critical this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's coming to a track that um, he has performed well on in, in the past. He finished um, he finished eighth, ninth. He was top 10 here back in uh, 2010 anyway. And, and I guess with, um, with Chowrasia, we know that all of his best efforts, all of his best finishes have come in India. So he's got four European Tour wins, all of them in India. He's got yeah. another two Asian Tour wins, both in India. He's got three further um, uh, runner-up finishes at the Indian Open, all in India, clearly. But if then if you dig below that, his next best finishes on the European Tour, his best next next best finishes in terms of OWGR points. Yeah, yeah. Wentworth, Valderrama, Hong Kong Open. They're the yeah, three yeah, next yeah. on the list. Yeah, which yeah, all yeah. three of them you can correlate to this. Yeah, I thought definitely. for half a point each way, 300 to 1, yeah, yeah. seven places, I thought I'd give that a stab to finish off my yeah, team like for the week. I've, yeah, got we'll one to throw, I've got one Go. to throw him just before we finish. The name that just jumped out off the sheet for me, but yeah, he's missed the cut. I mean, he missed the cut last week in, in Germany. He then missed the cut at the PGA Championship, but I can't get my head around that. I don't, I don't see him being a major championship performer right now in his career. But actually, if he plays anything like he did in India, and of course the China Open, I think Mika, Mikko Kahonen could go well this way. Yeah. Say to me, fairways and greens, fairways yeah. and greens. And Kahonen is he's, he's elite at European tour level at that. And it is noticeable that he was third here in October last year. Yep. Yeah. So I just think if if Miko gets the right side out of the you know and you know how it works on the European tour you, you can you can get players that contend after a couple of miscuts no problem at all you can get players that contend after about thirty miscuts mm-hmm. but Cahonan's got that kind of game shape I think that could go well this week. Yeah, um, he I mean I've, I've got him 
if, if we go through my shortlist, there are about 12 players who I've narrowed it down to who are emboldened in my data to uh, to, to warrant some real close inspection of, and, and Mahonen's one of them. Um, everything you said, yeah, third last year, and um, you know, he clearly got that win earlier in the season, and he's yep. got the right game shape as well. If you if you rank the players in the field by their world ranking, then he is eighth in the field right now. But clearly, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, but uh, clearly far further down the betting around about the fifty to one mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you can look past those um, missed cuts. And look more to the uh, to the form from last year, which again was in softer conditions. Um, you know, you got to take that into account. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I if someone and and yourself, if someone wanted to back him, I don't think I could find a plausible reason to to miss him off um, or, or to put put someone off backing before, him. I don't think. Before we finish, Ross Fisher is the kind of name that would mm. shout Valderrama, but. It, it's pretty much nothing or very rarely a contending performance with Ross this year, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it, that putter's still not working. It's. I think his long game is very, very close. And, you know, statistically, raw statistics, you look at him and you think, yeah, actually, you know, he hits a lot of greens. He's great on tree-line classical tests. He can play a tougher track as well. Um, he's got a bit of form around Wentworth. You know, there's 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 a lot to like. He's finished sixth here back in 2016 as well, the the yeah. uh, Spanish Open. So there there is a lot to grab with him, but it's again, it's it's just not all pulling, you know, all, all pulling in the same direction at the moment. And it's that putter that's letting him down. When he finds yeah. a spark with a putter, um, he will go very close, or we will win a tournament and potentially this season. But um, I just want to see that spark first, and then he can. Uh, Trying to second guess it at forty to one or thereabouts is um, is a is a tricky one, I think. Well, I wish you the best of luck this week, Paul. I, yeah, I wish, yourself. I wish listeners the best of luck as ever. I also wish myself the best of luck. Uh, it'd be nice to uh, get a, get a couple of players right up in the mix this week mm, for all yeah, of us. So, um, um, I'm I'm quite looking forward to the Detroit event. It has to be said, I think a new golf course, a, an old style golf course. It'll be interesting to see, but. I do get the feeling it's going to be it's going to be a pretty low scoring event, which um, should be worth watching. Right, appreciate your time, Paul, this morning. Fantastic, yeah, best thank of you. Luck. Thank you to the listeners, and uh, if you could leave us a review and uh, a rating and a synopsis, that would be absolutely fabulous. We'll be back again next week for the Golf Betting System podcast. Goodbye.